teach us how to pray. I'm going to ask you to do a little bit of uh, participation here this morning. So I'm going to ask you to stand up, and we're going to say together the Lord's Prayer, okay? Thanks. It's good to stand up in, in His presence and honor Him. Let's pray together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as, as we forget those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, thank you. Let me sit down. The framework of this prayer is remarkable, how it deals with our day-to-day -day needs. Jesus' simple teaching that day was not a prayer to be recited like a mantra. He, he, in fact, he told them not to do that. Don't just say this over and over. That's not the point. Instead, the Lord's uh, prayer is more of a framework to help us as disciples of Jesus Christ to live lives that are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We listen to him as we begin our time with him. And here's something interesting. Uh, I had read this book some time ago. Uh, I'm going to say maybe 10-ish years ago. And uh, I, I, I just challenge you to try this out yourself. This is what I did, and uh, it's amazing. <clears throat> I said, Lord, uh, I've noticed that you would get up in the morning, in the wee hours of the morning, you know, that's what it shows in the scripture, right? He'd get up in the early watches of the night. And he'd go to a, a private place, solitary place, and pray, you know. And uh, sometimes the disciples who, were, you know, uh, were nearby because they, they were kind of uh, nomads in a way. They were traveling around together and they would just, you know, um, it seemed to me like they must be living outside or something. And anyways... And they would come to where Jesus is. They would go looking for him, you know. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is this. I said, I said, Jesus, would you mind waking me up in the middle of the night and I will know that we are going to go spend some time together just like, just like you did. And um, he loved to answer that prayer. And so that night... Sure enough, I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm a pretty deep sleeper, you know. And uh, I knew right away what it was all about, and the Holy Spirit is nudging me. And the first thought that went through my head was, wow, this is an amazing answer to prayer. Second thought was, my bed is sure comfortable. And the third thought was, if I get up and do this, man, I'm going to be tired at work today. And... That's never been the case. I, he always gives me the strength. Jesus says to his disciples, because they did come and join him in prayer, and, and they would fall asleep uh, sometimes, you know. And, and he challenged them, and he said, could you, could you not tarry one hour? Now, I don't think that that means necessarily that we need to spend an hour doing this, but could you not tarry? And so I believe that Jesus is calling to us, just as he did to his disciples, to start our day this way. 
our days, we don't know what's going to happen when we get up in the morning. When we get up, suddenly things can happen in our lives. And um, one of the things about uh, starting our day with the Lord, like, is being ready for whatever comes our way that day. Sometimes we find out the phone rings and uh, this past year I, had a, I have two younger sisters who ended up having cancer and, and so that was unexpected. Earlier this year uh, my dad passed away and that was somewhat unexpected. Um, recently I found out that there's going to be a change to my job and, and so that's quite unexpected. And, but, you know, it's not always just these type of things. Our day-to-day -day tasks uh, at work. Um, I have found that the Lord is very practical. And uh, no matter, I don't know what you do for a living, uh, or you're at school or whatever, and every now and then you come across something and you just can't figure it out. And the Lord tells us in His Word, if you lack wisdom, ask. And I'm totally amazed. Just right there and, and uh, you know, asking the Lord for help with, uh, I'm an electrician, so there was this time I had to run a bunch of conduits uh, and needed to lay them out on a blank floor. And I was like, man, how do I do that? You know, asking the Lord for wisdom and, and the Lord just bang, bang, bang. All of a sudden, everything was laid out and these conduit runs were perfect, you know, and it was just like, wow, you know, the Lord is so practical. Um, so anyways, as we begin each, the reason that we go to the Lord each, each morning is to be ready for the day because we don't know what's going to come at us, uh, whether it's uh, news or whether it's uh, questions that uh, somebody might ask us or just our day-to-day -day tasks. Now, I don't know about the disciples, but uh, sometimes when it comes to prayer, there's been a few things that I've wondered about, about prayer, to be honest. Why? Why do we pray? Why is prayer so important? Why was it that this was the one thing that the disciples asked about, and why is it so important in our lives? In fact, I would say it's the most important thing that we do as followers of Jesus Christ. Why do we read Scripture? Why is that so important? Why is the Holy Spirit so necessary in our lives? And why is the Holy Spirit so necessary as we spend time with Him in the morning going through prayer? Well, let's just talk about that, hey? So why should we pray? First of all, because Jesus calls us to do it. Could you not tarry? Secondly, because prayer works. Just think of the many examples given to us in Scripture of people who are just like us, flesh and blood people uh, who show us what happens when they prayed. Prayer has obtained things that seemed so far out of reach. It has won the victories over fire, air, earth, water. Prayer opened up the Red Sea. Prayer brought water from the rock and bread from heaven. Prayer made the sun stand still. 
Prayer brought fire from the sky on Elijah's sacrifice. Prayer overthrew armies. Prayer has healed the sick. Prayer has raised the dead. Prayer has brought about the conversion of countless souls. In fact, I would say, in regards to evangelism, that the most important thing about that is that you pray. I would say that uh, think about the people who are around you. Take out a piece of paper and write their names down. Who is in the house to your left? Who is in the house to your right? Who are the people that you know at work? Who are the people that you bump into? Ask the Lord to bring names to your mind. Write these things all down. Uh, not these things, these people all down. People who need the Lord. And begin to pray. That is, all of a sudden, you have just become an evangelist. And, and don't give up until there is a breakthrough. You just never know what another person is thinking about. Years ago, I had uh, worked with this electrician, and we traveled back and forth to work together, and we argued about the Lord, and we argued about the Bible, and we argued about a lot of things. And I thought, this guy, he doesn't like Christians, or he doesn't like to talk about this stuff. And, and some people say that, that they don't like to talk about it, and we need to respect that, absolutely. But I pray for them. I pray for them every day. <laughs> and and uh, I say, Lord, you know where their vulnerabilities are. Go to them in the middle of the night. Go to them in their thoughts and their dreams. Speak to them. Interrupt their lives. And uh, you just never know what's going to happen. And Anyway, this guy I'm mentioning, well, some time goes by, and uh, my sister phones me, and she says, uh, you're not going to believe who just got baptized. <laughs> and, and here it was. It was um, this guy's married now. He's got children of his own. His daughter came to the Lord. His daughter got baptized, and as a result, she was witnessing to her dad. And... And so, wow, you know, like, here's this guy, and, and you just never know what people are thinking. They're just processing, you know. People, when people get upset, I'm learning when people get upset, that means that they're engaged, that they're, they're actually quite interested in, in uh, eternal matters. Anyways, prayer is so important in evangelism. And Scripture, why is reading through God's Word so important. I would challenge you to read through, find a way to read through God's Word on a regular basis from cover to cover. And uh, I've challenged uh, different ones in the congregation to do that very thing. And uh, I think sometimes it may seem a little bit daunting. And yet, uh, the importance of reading, reading Scripture is that we learn to hear from God. We learn to hear him speak to us about the characters that are there in the Bible, like Abraham, Jacob, Moses, David, Daniel, Hannah, Job, Paul, and Jesus. We think about praying as talking, 
And yes, talking is involved. But the quality of a conversation may well be determined by the person who starts the conversation. God is always speaking. To hear him involves no exercise in tuning into a certain frequency so much as it is a humble recognition that it's his choice to speak and our choice to listen and respond. And the Holy Spirit. I mean, what does the Holy Spirit do for you as he indwells you? Not only does he sanctify you and guide you and witness through you, he helps you to pray. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of prayer. He prays directly with the Father and the Son. He also prays indirectly through you and through me as believers. God the Son is enthroned as your prayer partner. God's Word tells us that He intercedes for us all the time. God the Holy Spirit is your indwelling partner, prayer partner. And God's Word tells us that when we don't know what to say, and let's be honest, we don't know, we don't know what to say, <laughs> He intercedes for us with groans that words can't express. The Holy Spirit will increase your desire to pray. He will bring Scripture to your mind as you pray. He will bring Scripture to your mind as you talk to somebody else about Jesus Christ. I've noticed that many times. We talked about that this morning in our, bio, in our Sunday school class. And um, to be prepared, and yes, we need to be prayed up and ready for conversations. In fact, I think it's a good idea to ask the Lord, is there somebody that you would want me to talk to today about you? And would, and, and, uh, would you please uh, not let me fall on my face? <laughs> but, but the important thing is that person needs to know a few things. They need to know that God loves them. They need to know that they're in danger. They may not know that they're a sinner. They might know that. I haven't found too many people who argue with that, that they're a sinner. They need to know what to do with their sin, that they, that they can confess their sin to the Lord. And they need to know that Jesus is quite willing and ready and able to save them at that very moment. And are they ready for that? Are they ready to, right up until that very moment, the person that you're talking to does whatever they want, right? You get up in the morning, you do whatever you want. Well, when Jesus comes in, it's because you opened up the door to him and asked him to be the Lord of your life, and you're going to follow him from here on in. It's an intimate close relationship and he is Lord Almighty and so we just need to caution them that are they ready really ready to do that and when they do wow they just light up like a light bulb and uh, they've entered into a relationship that they never had before a change comes about that didn't come from them and they too are indwelt with the Holy Spirit they too have just become your brother or your sister all because you prayed, all because you were involved.
The Holy Spirit will bring spiritual goals to your attention, goals for your church, goals for the mission field, for Canada, for the world. He's the one who brings to your attention the people who are around you, makes you aware of what their needs are. He wants to express his love through you as, as you pray. The Holy Spirit will call you to prayer at different times. All of a sudden, he'll make you aware of danger, of a decision that you need to make, of opportunities that are coming your way. As you pray, it's the Holy Spirit who adds special depth and power and faith to your prayer. There are times when the Holy Spirit will call you to fast for more power and greater results. And I don't know if that's something that you have uh, experienced yourself, but be open to the fact that the Holy Spirit may want you to fast over something. Maybe there's uh, a decision that needs to be made. Maybe there's a situation that you're facing or somebody you love is facing and they need, desperately need you to pray over them. His desire is to multiply your eternal reward. So don't miss the intercessor's crown that he has waiting for you. Jesus calls us to a time of prayer. So let's just look at the Lord's Prayer and, and what it can look like for each day if we will do as he says and tarry for an hour for a meaningful time alone with, with him. I find it best to, to begin with Scripture. This way is God, this way God is doing the speaking and we are doing the listening. Here are two passages, one by David and one by Jeremiah and their words about God's word. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. My eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. That's Jeremiah 15, 16. To me, when I think of the Lord's Prayer, it's like a strong framework with purpose, just like I was saying. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And I began to notice as I was reading through Scripture that time and time again, here are these names, important names that we need to think about of who we are and who he is and what he's done for us. Jehovah M. Kadesh sounds strange to our ears, but it means he's the one who sanctifies us and sets us apart. He has something for us to do, and he's the one who does the setting apart. Jehovah Sidkenu is another word. It sounds strange to our ears, but it means that he's the one who makes us holy. Jehovah Shammah. We need to remember as we pray in the morning, as we ask him to go ahead of us, that he does just that. I remember when I was a little kid and uh, I used to live up in Cold Lake, Alberta, and uh, the snow would get deep sometimes and my, I'd be out with my dad and uh, he would go ahead of me in the deep snow and he would make path for me and he would go ahead of me and I would just put my feet where his feet already had been. And it's kind of like that with the Lord. We ask him to go ahead of us and, and we put our feet where his feet have already been. 
And uh, there's comfort, great comfort in knowing that he knows exactly where he wants us to go if we'll just follow him. Jehovah Shalom. I think we've all heard the word shalom before. Um, it means a number of things. It means hello, but it also means peace. You give me peace even in the midst of the storm of life. Jehovah Rapha, you are my healer. And some of us have experienced that we desperately need his healing touch upon our bodies. Jehovah Jireh, he is our provider. And, um, you know, uh, one of the uh, things that comes to my mind when I read that name of his is he knows what our needs are. But we need to, he wants us to ask. He wants us to be specific. And sometimes we read through Scripture and we think, why would God why, would, why did Jesus ask that guy who was blind, let's say, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> you know, well, it seems pretty obvious to me. The guy would like to see. But Jesus wants him to hear the words come out of his mouth that, that he would like, that he believes that Jesus will do that very thing. And, and uh, not just that, but there are other things in our life that we require. I remember a time in my life where uh, we were not doing well financially, and I honestly, I went before the Lord, and this might sound uh, simple, uh, but whatever. I just opened up my empty wallet before the Lord and got on my knees before Him, and I said, you know, I just couldn't see the forest for the trees, I guess, at the time. But I didn't know what to do. And I just said, Lord, I need you to fill up this wallet. I need a job. I need your help. And be specific. And I, there's other times when I've said, man, Lord, I want you to give me more work than I can shake a stick at. And, you know, I'm just, I just talk simple to him. I, I, and he is so faithful and the next thing I knew, I had more work that I knew what to do with. And sure, yeah, you know, he filled, up, he filled up our bank account and he set us back on our trail. And uh, he's so faithful. Jehovah Nissi is another word that talks about him. He is our protector and he sets a banner over us because he loves us. Jehovah Rohi. And we all know that we probably all heard Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. If we start with our problems, they look bigger than they really are. If we start with the reason that Jesus started the Lord's Prayer this way, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, he wants us to remember who God is. And we, we, uh, we think of these different names as we come across them in Scripture, we write them down, and and this, uh, you know, you should have like a, a book set aside maybe that you jot things down that the Lord shows you. And you can have a list of the names that you come to. And remember these, and pray these names back to Him as you go through the Lord's Prayer. And all of a sudden your, your problems will seem a lot smaller because He is all, all of a sudden a lot bigger. And uh, 
By considering who God is, it helps us to have a healthier perspective on our circumstances of, our, of life at the moment. Instead of being overwhelmed with how big our troubles are, we remember just who it is that's watching over us. Our troubles may not have disappeared, but we now have a better reference, and the power of the Holy Spirit is in our spirit, and he reminds us of Jesus, who is our great high priest. The next thing on the framework of the uh, Lord's Prayer is, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give to us this day our daily bread. As time went on, I, 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 would, all, you know, I would say, Lord, yeah, I need your daily bread. I wonder what that is. And, and um, I remembered, oh yeah, you know, Jesus talked to Peter after he rose from the dead and there's, they're sitting there together on the beach, you know, and Jesus had prepared a meal for Peter, and, and uh, Jesus needed to remind Peter that he loved him, number one. And number two, he had something for him to do. He said, Peter, feed my sheep. Do you love me? You, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. So there must be something that Peter wrote down. There must be some place in the Bible where Peter feeds us. So where is that? So I went to the book of Peter and I started reading. And right away I came across where Peter is talking about the things that we need every day. What food does Peter speak about? And then I stumbled over this passage and Peter said that these are the things that we need to ask for so, so that we don't stumble in our sense of walking with the Lord. We need as much help as possible so that we're not stumbling, so that we're not falling down. And here's what Peter says. And he says, the Lord has these things in abundant supply for us. Here they are. If you do these things, you won't stumble. Here they are. May you give me moral excellence as much as you will allow me to have today. Ask him for moral excellence and see what happens. May you give me knowledge so that the eyes of my heart are enlightened and I would know the hope of your calling, the riches of your inheritance for me, a saint, and the surpassing greatness of your power toward me because I believe in you. Okay, so we ask for moral excellence. We ask for knowledge. May you give me self-control as you're willing, as much as you will give me. And boy, I don't know about you, but we need self-control. The, the world just throws so much stuff in our direction and we just need to, and the Lord gives us the self-control by the power of His Holy Spirit. Lord, would you give me perseverance as you're willing for me to have? And sometimes the Lord takes us through terrible things and times of testing because He wants us to come forth like gold. He wants us through our testing. It may very well be that the reason He took you through it is because you You are going to be the one that, need, that will come alongside of somebody else who is going through a difficult time. And nobody else could possibly understand their pain. 
<clears throat> Anyways, we need to pray for perseverance. We need to pray for godliness, that we would be like the Lord. We need His help in order to do that. We need to pray for brother, brotherly kindness. Lord, would you give me as much of that as you let me have? And love. These are all things that He has in great abundant supply. Just imagine a warehouse that, you know, like uh, maybe over at Prairie Petrochem, they got barrels there full of stuff, and, and here's all these barrels, you know, one's full of uh, knowledge, one's full of uh, perseverance, and, and, and there's no end. How many would you like? Well, I'd like them all, actually, because I, I need lots of help. And I began to do this, and I began to pray this, and a change began to come over me, and I can't explain it, to be honest. All I know is that the Lord began to do these things in my life. And uh, because uh, we want to be like Him. The Holy Spirit just, His job is to, is to um, uh, glorify Jesus Christ in our lives. And, and where does this longing come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit with dwelling within us. And we just want to get closer to Him. When we take the time on a daily basis to go to the Lord and fill up on what He supplies for us, we begin to experience something, that one, something wonderful happens, like I was saying. The fruit of the Holy Spirit begins to flow. I always thought, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Man, I'm not very good at any of those. How am I going to, you know, i got to work at it, you know. And I got, here's a funny uh, illustration. Have you ever been next to a fruit tree and you could hear the thing grunting because it's trying to get the apples out the end of the branch? Well, no, it just, if the sap is flowing, the fruit comes, right? And sometimes we do stupid things, we do sinful things, and the, stat, the sap doesn't flow so good. But this uh, bread, this food that Peter's talking about, we, ask, we go to him, we ask him for these things, and we begin to uh, have a, a better connection to the vine, so to speak, or to the tree trunk, so to speak. And the sap begins to flow, and the fruits of the Holy Spirit begin to come, and we just can be just so thankful. Um, and, and the people around us are, but will benefit from that, you know. Um, who doesn't want to be around somebody who possesses the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit I, uh, and receive from you these fruits. I began to realize that, like I said, that I don't need to uh, grunt so hard as much as I need to keep my, my life right with the Lord. The next part of the pray framework of the Lord's Prayer is incredibly important, and I hope that you will take this to heart. We say it so fast sometimes and we kind of skip over it. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? And, but when we get this part right, we completely disarm the enemy. 
So why is forgiveness so difficult? Well, lots of reasons. Not the least of which is our sense of fairness. If I forgive that guy, you know, then how come he gets away with stuff, you know? Is that really the point of forgiving? Let's look at the cross and think about what Jesus was doing on the cross that day. First of all, he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Well, yeah, they knew that they were mocking him. They knew that they were hating him. But if they understood who it was that they were mocking that day, they never would have mocked him. They never would have beat him up like they did beyond recognition, the Bible says. They never would have nailed him to that cruel cross and made him suffer and die while they just stood there and watched and laughed. In fact, the enemy, if he understood what was going on, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been so in favor of Jesus going to the cross either because... Jesus' death meant victory over Satan. Um, I can't remember the name of this. Is it the Messiah? The Prince of Darkness Grim. We tremble not for him. His rage we can endure. For lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. Do you, do you recognize that? That's from a song that we sing. Sometimes we sing it at Christmas time. But anyways... One little word shall fell him. Jesus, just before Jesus breathed his last breath, he did say one word. In the Greek, that word is tetelestai, which means it is finished, which also means that Satan was finished. And Jesus' redeeming work was finished. Perhaps that's what the... Uh, writer in Revelations was thinking about when he said this. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accuses them bef before our God day and night. Our accuser. Sometimes we are uh, accusers. And I certainly am guilty of that myself. And, and yet, the Lord, and I, need to, and I confess that to him, and, uh, and he forgives me for that, but that's not the way that he wants us to live. If I understood what I was doing when I sin against another person, if I understood that that grieves the Holy Spirit, I would never do it. But sometimes I forget. Sometimes I get careless. We, each of us as parents, uh, you know, to, to understand the, this grieving I'm talking about, the, the Holy Spirit is a person. And when we grieve Him, you know, it, it grieves the, the heart of the Lord. And as a parent, we, of course, want our kids to do to do well in life, and we want them to follow the Lord. And when they don't, it heart, grieves our heart, right? Because we can see that it's not going to end well and that the Lord has so much more in store for them than what they are experiencing. And so the Holy Spirit, too, He wants so much more for us. 
when we don't forgive, we suffer, and we can become bitter and perhaps even worse than that. And when we hang on to unforgiveness, this is, just think about this. When you don't forgive somebody who hurts you, well, chances are they might not even remember that they did it anyway. But you, on the other hand, that's all you can think about. And, and so you don't forgive and you don't forgive and you grit your teeth and you hang in there and you don't forgive. And it's like, man, I, you know what? I am going to drink this poison so that you get hurt. Well, it doesn't work, does it? And, and the Lord, he warns us and cautions us against this because we can become bitter and we can become hateful. And in the Lord's eyes, that's no different than murder. Pretty serious stuff, right? So I'm learning to do, you know, there, I read this book. Uh, the guy's name is Hyde, and the name of the book is Praying Hyde. And he started out life a lot like me, kind of uh, skeptical and kind of, I don't know, pessimistic. And, and then the Lord got a hold of him and he started doing this. He started practicing, Father, forgive them and they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And, and, and it changed him. And it's changing me. Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. If they understood what they were doing in the grander picture of, of things and grander scheme of things and how it might affect uh, the day that they need to stand before the Lord and to give an account for their life, they wouldn't do that, you know? And so, here's what you got to do. And this is not easy. Just, there are probably somebody sitting here this morning that you don't like very much. There's probably somebody sitting here this morning that maybe it's gone on for 20, 30, 40 years. Who knows? I don't know your story. You know your story. And if the Holy Spirit's convicting you right now, then that's awesome in a way. But it's also uncomfortable in a way. I realize that. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Get things right with one another. Um, I know what I'm talking about. I know that it can be humbling. It can feel humiliating. But man, I, when you're done and there is no barrier anymore between you and God, when you think about forgiveness, you took care of it. The Holy Spirit helped you. You phoned the guy. You took him out for a meal. You took him out for coffee. Whatever you needed to do. And you were specific. Remember that day that I said such and such? Yep. Well, I want to say, confess it to you and ask you for forgiveness. Will you forgive me? That's your part. That's all. That's, you're done. If the other person doesn't want to do their deal, that's not your problem, okay? Although I have experienced that that never happens. They're always grateful. They always are uh, so thankful that this is happening, you know? And 
Um, so anyway, you ask the Lord for wisdom about that and, and keep your uh, relationships right in the body of believers. Confession of sin and forgiveness is incredibly important in disarming the enemy and becoming stronger in your prayer life. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Watch what happens when you deal with your own sin. Watch what happens when you forgive as Jesus did. Finally, lead us not into temptation or into the traps of the enemy, but deliver us from evil and from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Why do we pray? Because Jesus tells us to. Because prayer works.